in my experience, that vulnerability and authenticity and honesty is where the learning happens. Like these are not prescriptive. You know, if you do this mentoring thing for two years, all of a sudden you're going to be in the next phase of your Christian journey. Like, <laughs> you know, um, it is it is authentic relationship with another person where the magic happens. This is the HBIC Podcast, our Discipleship Weekly, where we talk with folks from HBIC and dig into the practical side of following Jesus in their lives. My name is Ryan Cagno. This week I talked with Carrie Hoke about what she terms spiritual companionship, so um, the mentor and mentee relationships that she has in her life, how she um, learns from other people and, and lets herself be used in other people's lives in that way. Carrie has a wealth of insight and knowledge. Um, and she laughs at some of the things I say, so that's very generous of her. Um, and hope you enjoy this conversation. Uh, enjoy, subscribe, new episodes weekly on Fridays, um, most Fridays. Take care. Carrie Hoke. Ryan well, Cagno. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We have known each other for, hmm, maybe 15 years now. It's, it's Are 14, you that old now? 13 years. Wow. Am I 15 now? <laughs> I said, are you that old now? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't remember when exactly. I think when I was a, when I came into the Brother in Christ, I was an intern at Pomar BIC. And I think initially it was Laura Sider. Yes. That would have been 09. Okay. Um, 2010. But then at some point in there, you became the intern person. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like saw you out of, like on the tail end of that phase of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You were letting the door hit you pretty hard on your way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had like... Yes. It was like reputational, Ryan, is probably how I got to know you first. And, and not in a positive sense. <laughs> well, you know, we all have to, I don't know, grow into ourselves. The context here is I did multiple internships at this church and eventually parlayed them into like one or two jobs, depending on how you count it. But then like kept trying to quit those jobs and eventually succeeded at it and by like a year out of college had somehow burnt out of ministry already. <laughs> Um, most people it's within five. I made it like eight you months. You made it eight months. Um, yes. And then I, uh, floundered in the wilderness and, uh, moved to New Jersey. That was the wilderness and came back, <laughs> um, and was different. But anyways, this podcast is not about me, but you, except <laughs> well, to say you, give people context, yes, you know, you so like you knew me when that's right. If the zingers come, it's out of a familiarity. You knew me when, and I then did. when I came back. Your husband was the bishop, and then I met him, and mm. I presumably was different a little mm. bit by that point. But yeah, I think so. Um, Thankfully, we don't stay the same. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so you uh, have been you you like me have been our Gentile grafted into this BIC tree. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, broadening the gene pool, so <laughs> some might say. <laughs> Maybe that's not appropriate for a podcast of this magnitude or nature. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's a presenting concern for some Anabaptist communities. So I, I um, proudly am one of the diversifiers. <laughs> keeping us all with ten fingers. Thank that's you, right. Carrie. That's Hoke. right. <laughs> um, yeah, so you married into it. <laughs> A while ago now. You've been by sea for the majority of your yeah. life, I guess. Yeah, well, since point. I attended Messiah, what was college back in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in New England, so there was no context or reference for Brethren in Christ or Anabaptists in the spaces I grew up. So my mother thought it was a cult, mm. I'm pretty sure, at first. <laughs> Jury's still Well, I know. I was like, well, you know, it has all the markers. <laughs> 
<laughs> Close community, weird clothing. That's Everyone right. has the same last name. That's right. Very counter, uh, yeah, countercultural. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the things. Were you were you like Presbyterian? And we believe in or? women in mystery. You oh, know, cult, like cult, whoa. cult, red flag, <laughs> red flag. What were were you growing up like? Uh, uh, in terms Baptist. Of faith? Baptist. Yeah. So I actually don't even. There's a lot of Baptists is a very broad category. Northern right? American missionary. Yeah. My grandfather was a Baptist preacher. He had many little churches in Maine. Um, that's where my dad and aunt grew up. I don't know. Was he maybe independent Baptist? So uh, here's the here's the Baptist I know that I think I was part of. Independent, conservative. Mm, I don't think American. I don't know. Okay. Not quite fundamental, but. Yeah. Very, very uh, conservative, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, in a lot of ways. R- the way we read scripture, the way we, um, we functioned in church environments. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to wear a prayer covering or anything, though, so. There you go. I've heard, yeah, I've heard some of that story and some of you are wrestling with, um, yeah, that. and Probably still in some ways, I guess, but. Yeah, I think the way we're formed um, as young people, children, and then like young in faith, um, for better, for worse is what we carry throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. And kind of wrestle with, uh, shedding what is maybe not helpful to us, but also finding beauty. Cause there's not, I don't think there's, you know, a hundred percent evil or a hundred percent good in most of what we do as humans, right. There's usually a mix. And so trying to find the good and bless it and celebrate it, but also not keep what is not fitting anymore. It's a really mature way to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> I I've actively struggled, and you know, in some ways, I'm still working through. But my journey is kind of like, as I grow in life um, and in faith, not always thinking about who I am or thinking about my faith, like within the, like as a counterpoint to mm-hmm. like the past or the thing I came out of. You know, even if I've changed and grown mm-hmm. and changed my mind on different things, I'd still would often find myself like thinking in contrast, counterpoint, like within the context of the thing that came before. And yeah. So being able to move forward in the mature way of, that's a good way of framing it, of like I can receive and be thankful for the good and let let go of the others and, and move forward. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, I don't know that you ever get to a point, and maybe I just haven't gotten there yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that you actually have all of that turned off, right? So, for instance, I think I was formed around a particular um, – eschatological vision of the Whoa. end times, right? Okay, end times, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll try to follow up with <laughs> ex- explanatory terms. use it in the form of a sentence. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't think that way anymore. I read the scriptures from right. a different lens, a hermeneutic, so to speak. Um, but I can find myself sometimes like, oh, maybe this is the Antichrist or maybe this is, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. No, that's not how I view this anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes those things still bleed back into my thinking um, at times. Yeah. So I don't know if you like ever fully shut it, but yeah. maybe you should ask somebody older than me. <laughs> For me, it's like my judgmental tendencies of, of yeah, my, my the, the easiest track for my brain to go in is like, ah, oh, those dumb macro tribulationists <laughs> or whatever they are. <laughs> I used a fake one so that uh, the pre-trib or post-trib. There you don't go. Get so mad that you're me. not like actually targeting a group on this. Millennial, <laughs> millennialarians. Um, yeah. Anyway, so you you were Baptist. Now you're 
even more Baptist. You're Anabaptist. Anabaptist. That's like extra even, Baptist. Yeah, extra Baptist. <laughs> we don't even, yeah, you went from just thinking the one baptism was necessary to now we're just baptizing and baptizing. That's right. In the name of the Father baptizing. and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Duncan, three times. Three times. At least. <laughs> maybe four if you're baptized as an infant. I mean, <laughs> it's the maximum amount of baptisms. Well, that's I mean, right. You're super Baptist super now. Super baptized. Um. And you've been, so you've been at HBIC now for three years. Yeah, well, I actually think it'll be four in May. Four years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it was like the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. So the pandemic, I think, has skewed our sense of time. At least it has mine. I don't know if anybody else resonates with that. Yeah. So in some ways, it feels like we've been at HBIC for a long time. Right. And then other, in other ways, it feels like not very long at all. Right, right. Yes. 2020 was either yesterday or 25 years ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I yep. totally understand. Yep. Yeah, that's how it feels. Yeah. And it's been a good experience. I mean, now's yes. your time to say how it was. Yeah. Lay out the negatives. For me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No. I, I think we we made a shift um, in our family that I think I was ready for for a while, um, but maybe waiting for God's release, you know, to, I don't want to, and I don't think church hopping is the, um, you know, the goal of our Christianity, finding a family that fits us. Mm -hmm. Yet there were some really pretty, um, I don't know, dissonance, things of dissonance that were part of my own growth and just kind of becoming aware of certain things and, learning about the way um, others have navigated this this life differently than I have. And um, yeah, like communally, I just, I, there was just a dissonance. And so waiting for the right time to kind of be okay with um, leaving in a good space and in a way that is um, positive, but also then finding a family where, okay, this is we, we've got some continuity and some shared vision of how to live life together and in impacting the world. Um, so, yeah. So four years ago, we made that shift and it's been a really good shift. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Glad to have you here. Glad to, glad to be able to follow you here. <laughs> I'm here because the hoax are here. <laughs> well, I really hope that's not the case. We all know that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm here because Ashley's here. Um, <laughs> part of your uh, experience at HBIC to this point, and in the last year, part of oh my gosh, great sentence, Ryan. Here's where the, I thought that I was part gonna, will be edited. I out. thought I was going to make it through without an edit. Um, <laughs> son of a nutcracker. Um, <laughs> Part of uh, how you engage here is you've been involved in mentorship. Um, yeah. I think maybe for like the last year or so with Debbie at least, and then I'm not sure with Cedra, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was like early last summer yeah, that we okay. finally yeah. landed on a regular so, schedule. So I'd love to hear about that and what that um, involves for you, because it's something I would love to be, love to see more uh, proliferated um, through our congregation. It's something that I'm not um, super acquainted with in like a formal capacity, like mm -hmm. uh, what like regular mentorship, yeah. intentional one-on-one -on -one mentorship looks like. I imagine you are doing a bang up job with it. <laughs> and so teach us and we'll put this on record and then this will be the uh, official HBIC. Um, oh goodness. Template. Yeah, template. I don't know if you want um, my template to be well, the official we'll see. template. We'll see. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I would love to just hear like what exactly that looks like. So you were connected with um, Debbie Wenger and mm-hmm. kind of, I guess that would be construed as a little bit more of you're the mentor, she's the mentee. Um, although I know that you endeavor to, <laughs> to um, have mutuality there. Absolutely. And you can talk about that. And then you also pursued being mentored by Pastor Cedra. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you're, yeah, thinking about who's investing in me and who am I investing in and mm-hmm. all alongside with. So, yeah, um, what do you what do you do? What does it look <laughs> like? Let's walk me. Th- give me your philosophy. Yeah, I feel like mentorship is a word we can use for life on life relationships. Um, I think there are other words people use: spiritual companionship or spiritual direction, or and there are maybe particularities to each of those, but I also think there are overlaps, right? So when I think of um, mentorship, maybe we think about professional mentorships more often than not, like somebody who has, you know, been on a career path longer than you. And so you kind of take time to meet with that person to review, you know, what you're doing in your workplace and get some coaching in that. But what does mentorship look like from like a spiritual walk standpoint and companionship? Um, yeah, I, I probably am more prone to use the term, the spiritual companionship, um, than I am mentorship. But again, I think it's more semantics and what HBIC is looking to use is the mentorship. And so, um, life on life, I think is really the crux of it. Um, being in, uh, ongoing regular relationship with another person where you're, just sharing life. Like there's no, I don't, I'm not a structured person. So I think somebody else who, um, thrives on like a, a structured template or a routine might do this differently. And I think there are lots of good ways to do this. So that's, I preface that cause my template may not fit somebody else, but, um, I think just the regularity is probably a principle that is important to maintain, For right? Sure. Whether it's weekly or biweekly or monthly probably depends on the pairing. Um, Debbie and I meet monthly, um, or try to, we do our best. She's a, she's a mom of four. Um, kids are still at home. Um, I'm a mom of three and a grandmother of two, <laughs> dare I say. Um, you and dare. my kids don't live at home. So like we are in different phases and seasons of life. So, um, yeah, so both of us tend to approach it from a flexible, um, place, even though we intend to be regular, um, I mean, I think I learned that you meet with another person. I don't know if it's like a specific mentorship relationship, but you're like every Friday morning at, you know, whatever o'clock. <laughs> Six. Six. Oh. Six a.m. Oh. It's yeah. breakfast. So, yeah, it's. But I, don't, a, I don't think I can string coherent sentences together at 6 a.m. <laughs> I let him talk till the coffee's in my bloodstream. <laughs> So that's an illustration to say, like, this does look different for each pairing of people. Um, But, yeah, I think I had, um, I don't know if you reached out to me or if I reached out to you, but just said, you know, like, yeah, put me on the list. I'd love to mentor. Mentorship in various forms has been an important part of how I have been formed, right? Um, And, again, I don't know that I always used that term. Um, So when I was in high school, I went through a leadership program at my summer camp to become a counselor, right? And I had one or two counselors who were older than me, like pouring into me, right? We didn't call that mentorship, 
but it was life on life and they were helping me right navigate something that they had some experience in um and they supported me and prayed for me um i think of when i was a younger mom and um i think i shared this recently at a discipleship training session we did here but um I have a lot of what if, or not what ifs, I have a lot of shoulds and um, that run through my head. I think some of that comes from my formative years growing up in a stricter, more conservative environment, probably my personality too. But um, so I had two young kids, uh, you know, three and one, let's say, and wasn't sleeping regularly and was, you know, uh, consumed with caring for these children and I thought I should at that point be spending an hour in prayer every morning and, you know, reading my Bible, you know, as soon as I could think (laughs) in the morning and it had to be, you know, it had to look a certain way and I was really beating myself up and I don't know that I recognized that that's what I was doing. I just had a pattern that I thought was the right pattern and I was not meeting that standard. And so I was, I was feeling a lot of guilt and I just sat down and I don't even know that that was the conversation we were having, but I sat down with two older, um, they were probably in their forties and fifties. At that point I was 24 or five and that was ancient, Yeah. (laughs) but, uh, but they, I think they intuited the level of weight I was carrying. Right. And they just spoke some words over me. Very simple. It wasn't some like, theological treatise or anything, but just, you know, this idea that we have seasons of life that we live in and what God expects from us is not, um, the same from season to season. It's not the same from person to person. He just wants our whole hearts. Mm. Right. And what that looks like and how we do that. Um, there's a lot of freedom in that. And I just remember, um, yeah, just feeling really freed, not to say I never felt guilt after that, but in terms of my walk with Jesus and what that looked like and what I thought it should look like, I just felt a lot of freedom from that. So again, just yeah. another illustration of where mentorship has meant something in my life and where I have been um, challenged and yeah. helped by those who have been on the journey longer than me. Part of yeah, and part of that is, I mean, they sh- they shared godly wisdom. But they also just shared perspective as someone in a different life stage. You yeah. know, just a very easy, practical, like, look, we've been there. We've passed out the other side of that. Um, I remember talking with my friend, Matt Franchina. Um, they, him and his wife, Maria, had four kids. And he basically said to me at one point, yeah, like, we never, we didn't feel like ourselves. We didn't feel like mm. fully rested and recovered and back to ourselves till our youngest kid was like <laughs> eight years old. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they have, know you know, they have like not. a junior in college <laughs> down to like a sophomore in high school now or something like that. So this was like, mm. so 15 years of their life or however that shook out where we just didn't feel. So give yourself grace of like, look, you're just yeah. going to, you know, <laughs> the long, there, there's going to be a decade and a half of your life or however much if you have, however, if you have kids where go easy on yourself a little bit. Yes. You know, just the grace that can be afforded from someone who's been where you've been and out the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I look back on my life and I have those places and I, I think the way I'm wired, I'm very relational by nature and an extrovert um, to the nth degree. And so 
I seek that sounds out. terrible. Oh, it's awesome, Ryan. Come to this. Come <laughs> to the light. Well, we've been talking long <laughs> enough here. I need to go read a book for four he hours to go by play myself. D and D or something. I um, don't put that on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, you go can on. edit that out. Um, but yeah, I think I um, want to be that person, and I think either from a volunteer aspect in church ministry with my husband, who was the kind of called pastor um, for many years into my own kind of journey into my call as um, a pastor and shepherd to people. Um, it's not in a church as a pastor um, leading a congregation, but it is in ministry leading people and shepherding lives um, towards kingdom and impact. Mm -hmm. And so um, it felt very natural to say yes to the invitation, right, to be um, in that space here. Um, you mentioned that I, at the same time, in um, kind of setting things up with Debbie, that I was um, intentional. I think it's really important for us when we're in spaces of spiritual authority, so to speak. That sounds really formal because I really don't see mm -hmm. mentorship <laughs> that way. But there is a sense of you're leading somebody, right? And so I think as leaders, we need to be really mindful of how we are being led. Um, in our own walk with Jesus, that we're cultivating that, that we're um, finding those spaces of experiencing God um, in very real and tangible ways, but also that we have people in our lives who are speaking in and guiding and coaching us, right? Um, so for me, that I, I was actually in a church service, and I was had been praying about it. I didn't really know how to go about it or... I hadn't reached out to you to say, hey, I want to be yeah. mentored too. Can you provide somebody? Um, but I was just praying about it and kind of just holding space for, you know, God's invitation and that. And um, Pastor Sedra's name came to mind. And I thought, huh, all right. I think that could be really, really good, um, both from she's been in ministry spaces, right? She has served as pastor for many years here and in other contexts. Um, she is a woman of faith and um, substance and has um, been on this journey for a while. And so um, she also offers a different um, perspective just in terms of, um, you know, a woman of color, right? And so helping me in those ways um, think about ministry, think, think about the God life with just that, you know, yeah. different lens too. She's really challenged me. And so... I reached, I followed up after that church service and said with a little trepidation, um, well, it's a little vulnerable to like walk up to somebody and say, <laughs> would you be my mentor? <laughs> but I, I felt compelled to do it. So I did. And, um, she looked at me, not like I had two heads, but like, uh, she just wasn't expecting it. Right. And most of us don't end a, end a, a church service and have somebody approach us and ask us to mentor them. So yeah. fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, she gracious, she said, well, let me, I want to pray about it and think about it. Um, which I appreciated. And, um, yeah, she said yes, obviously, cause we've been meeting. Um, we try to meet once a month as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, again, it's, it's life on life. I talked to her about things that are going on with me. Um, it's just another space to share struggles or joys or um, what have you. And we don't necessarily have like a book we're reading together. We've talked about maybe doing that. But, um, you know, I've talked to her about being a woman in ministry and even in a domination that um, uh, 
officially, you know, yeah. sees sees uh, the scriptures as inviting that. We know that there are people who uh, may not think that way, or even when we think a certain way, we don't always practice right that it's uh, implicit bias or mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, so, like having somebody to bounce things off of and hear how she navigated um, those, those struggles and challenges is just really helpful. She was what, the first African-American woman to be ordained in the denomination? She is. In America, at least. <laughs> yes. Well, African-American, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she's uh, pressed on some boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Broken some glass ceilings. And Linda was like the f- third or fourth person total, like her female yeah. total to be ordained as well. So we're right. like, uh, H-Bix, like the hotbed for... on the for, shoulders of giants. Uh-huh. Absolutely. they say. <laughs> hotbed. <laughs> yeah. Ground zero. Ground zero. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what a... Uh, yeah, I mean, what a privilege to be able to have that person kind of speaking in your life. Mm-hmm. What do those times look like with Debbie and with Cedra? Mm-hmm. Like what exactly? You said you're not necessarily doing a book study, but yeah. are you at a coffee shop? You at the... Uh, you had a spa, you going golfing. <laughs> well, um, that's a good idea. Axe throwing, <laughs> kayaking. Um, um, yeah, we've done a, a variety. Pastor Cedra and I typically meet at a local place. I'll give a plug for the peach tree. Uh, I think it was that on progress or Paxting. I can't remember what road that's on, but, um, over coffee. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes, uh, more disarming to have conversations that are a little more vulnerable and deep, right? When you're, you have something to do. So like drinking yeah. coffee or eating and sharing a meal, um, kind of breaks down some barriers that mm-hmm. we might have for ourselves or vice versa. So, um, that's been very good for us. And now I have a new restaurant to go to that I really like. I actually just took my husband and daughter there last week after church. Peachtree's pretty good. It's pretty good. Shrimp and pretty grits, good. man. Oh, hey. Ooh, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then Debbie and I have done actually a variety of things. The first meeting we had was walking along the river in Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. So we met, parked our cars, and went for an uh, epic walk. We went all the way down to where the sidewalk ends, like towards 81, um, and turned around only to find that there was a very dark storm cloud headed our way. So we tried to pick up the pace, but about, I don't know, a third of the way back, just like the heavens opened. And we're like, all right, I guess we're just get, we're just getting wet. So we just walked in the rain. It was June, so it was, it was lovely. Um, yeah, so we got to know each, each other. A walk in the rain sounds kind of romantic, doesn't it? I was going to say, I think I said that at the training. I was like, wow, you literally literally uh, had the rom-com start to this That's uh, right. mentorship. That's right. But uh, yeah, I think the thing with mentorships and spiritual direction or any sort of one-on-one counseling is this way too. Um, I don't think that the fit is always right. So you may identify somebody. Yeah, I'm going to pair up with this person or yeah. you know, your, your pastor may pair you with somebody. Um, and you meet for the first time and there's just not, there's not an ease to the conversation. Um, I think you have to have a few conversations before you really determine it's not a fit. But I don't think we need to force these relationships either, right? So if there doesn't feel like there's a, a dynamic that um, is going to be suitable or mutually beneficial, I think it's okay to say, 
this isn't the right pairing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't have to commit to these things for life. And, um, you know, maybe in another season of life that pairing might work. But I, I think it's important to say that piece. That's good. On the front end. On the front end. Like you're allowed. <laughs> and I like to say that to people that I'm, you know, either working with or, you know, in a non-professional way oh, yeah. as I well. S- like, I just name to, it. I say that to everyone I meet. Like, look. <laughs> you didn't say that to me. <laughs> you might not like me. And uh, I'm just here. Nothing's There's coming. the exit door. Yeah. Feel free to, to pursue it whenever you feel led. I'm not everyone. I'm not most people's cup of tea. So um, there's no shame here. I don't really want to talk to you anyways. That's so. right. Well, very true. That's your <laughs> that's your own way of getting people out of your hair, that's huh? My, that's my secret. Let let you let let everyone hear that from their pastor. <laughs> you were welcome. If I'm talking here. to you, I probably would rather be at home. <laughs> but don't take it personally. Reading. It's not you. It's me and everyone in the world. Um, yeah, I, I I just think it's important to say that at the outset, so that there's just that that permission there, right? Like, and even if it is a fit, like this may not be something we do for 10 years and that's okay too. Like just making sure that we're checking in with the person we're um, pursuing that kind of one-on-one with. Yeah. I've had recently, I had like a mentor mentee relationship and then, uh, it was, it was a season, right? It was kind of like a year. And then this person graduated from college and Mm -hmm. got a job and everything kind of changed. It became much harder. And Mm. part of me has just been having to work through kind of acknowledging that I mean like, mm. that's all right you know I'm not yeah. failing at this or whatever it's just it was a season it was necessary and you know and yeah keep it moving and yeah um, I think that's something that would be good to embrace for any like discipleship stuff mm. you know I would like for life groups to be able to like also look around <laughs> themselves and say we should stop doing this <laughs> um <laughs> That's yeah. I think that's something that can be named, and and it's okay. These things tend to happen in seasons, but yeah. that's really cool. Um, and it's healthy do you, to do that. Yeah. Do you do you keep up with each other between these months? Are you praying for each yeah, other? Yeah, we or? do. Um, usually, we end each of our times together just asking one another. Like, uh, I mean, sometimes it's obvious in the conversation, right? Okay, there's a there's a pain point here. I'll make sure that I I am praying regularly for that. Um, but the invitation too, like, is there something else that you haven't named, right, that I could be praying for you yeah. about over this time um, in between meetings? And um, and then she'll ask me the same thing. And so, you know, I'm able to share, you know, where where my pain points are as well. Um, so, yeah. And then in between sessions, um, you know, if we know there's a particular day, right, like there's a doctor's appointment or there's a retreat or there's something that we have requested prayer for. Yeah. We, we are intentional about reaching out to one another around that time just to say, hey, praying for you, let me know how it goes, you know, yada, yada. Um, we also have used uh, the app Marco Polo, which yeah. is a video, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you can record videos and I send them back and it. forth. Um, so we have used that as well. Um, that's not everybody's cup of tea. It's kind of weird to have like a monologue with yourself in the in the phone for some people, but... It's easier than texting. It can be more personal. It is, yeah. And if yeah, if you have something more complex to share rather than trying to send a epic text. Um, this episode of Deception Weekly is sponsored by <laughs> Marco Polo. Marco Polo. Download now and use <laughs> promo code <laughs> HOKE. It um, is a free app. You can upgrade it, but 
Yeah, the upgrade allows you to fast forward through <laughs> the videos that people send. So There's worth, other features. So worth the money. The main thing is it depends on who your mentor is. <laughs> That's right. That $5 a month might be. That uh, might be well worth it. Yes, In that oh. case, you might want to talk to Ryan about changing relationships. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, are there. Uh, have there been like challenges or deficiencies you've seen as you've been in these mentor relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, what like what could be better? I, let me think. Yeah, that's how I would want to ask it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know that there's anything you know that's better. I I just approach it more from an organic place. Yeah. Probably, and I think that approach also prompts me to at least um, be constantly working on improvement, right? Like, how can we engage better? Am I serving what you're looking for? I mean, Pastor Cedra will often ask me that because I think she feels like she's not giving me anything. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Let me reassure you, you Mm -hmm. are, you're spot on and you are supporting me in all the ways that I was hoping that you would support me. Um, So I think it's those organic check-ins too, right? Like we don't have like a benchmark with KPIs and all that kind of stuff. Nor should you, yeah. (laughs) And I think maybe behind my question, I'm not even going to ask what KPIs are. Um, (laughs) But I guess behind my question is that a little bit of that insecurity of Mm -hmm. am I bringing what I need to to the table as a mentor? um, Is this everything this person needs and vice versa? It's good to hear that. There's a vulnerability, right, that we I think is really important and key in these one-on-one kinds of relationships, both for the person being mentored or directed or whatever, and for the person doing the directing or mentoring or whatever. Um, And I think it's maybe incumbent on the mentor to model that, right? To be the one to lead the way in that so that there is a, there's a safety, there's a permission, right? To just be who you are and to say Mm -hmm. what you need to say. Um, But I think, in my experience, that vulnerability and authenticity and honesty is where the learning happens. Like these are not prescriptive. You know, if you do this mentoring thing for two years, all of a sudden you're going to be in the next phase of your Christian journey. Like, (laughs) yeah, you know, um, it is, it is authentic relationship with another person where the magic happens. Oh, the magic, (laughs) the Holy spirit magic. Yeah, I think of, um, yeah, I obviously think of Jesus and the disciples and how much of that was just life on life Mm -hmm. and how much of the paradigm that he, that Jesus kind of works in of like the rabbi student paradigm was very much, it was not just like go to school and learn this stuff. It was like, you're going to walk with this guy. Right. Um, Long term and, you know, in that, um, the quote unquote magic will happen in the friction of you guys just like living together in those ways and, and talking about everything and doing things together and working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it is formation, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is how we are formed. Um, the faith that I grew up in, there was a lot of good structure. I'm not d- downplaying the structure, right. Of, you know, formal Bible studies or formal prayer meetings or, yeah. you know, th- those things are good. I just think there's a greater imagination for how we are formed as human beings and how we put ourselves in places and spaces where um, we're not in control of 
what is happening and what we're taking in, but yeah. we're being more open-handed and our hearts are more open. And, um, yeah, there's a little bit of rawness. I think that the Holy Spirit kind of has that quality to it. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I think about, um, formative times for me, um, one of them would have been early on in my days in Palmyra, uh, I was interning under Kurt Funk, who was mm. the youth pastor there. And I was, you know, college student, junior, senior in college. He was maybe 25. Although looking back, I would have assumed he was like 40. <laughs> um, Perspective. He had like a house and a dog and a wife. I was like, you Whoa, are. Whoa, you're like an adult. You're, yeah. And he's like three years older than me <laughs> in retrospect. Um, but he would have me over and would just um, all the time and would just, you know, we'd go driving or if he needed to do something for a youth group, he was the youth pastor, would just like bring me along or we'd hang out, whatever. Like, um, and I think I caught more, I, I think I caught way more by way of like maturity and spiritual practice. Like we didn't sit down and do Bible studies together, yeah. but I would like see his Bible sitting out on the table or mm-hmm. I would just catch like mm-hmm. mentions and hints of like, um, about his prayer life or mm-hmm. something. He never said like, "This is how you should pray. Mm-hmm. And this is how often you should pray, etc." But I would just kind of like see it. Yeah. Um, whatever it was, and mm-hmm. those things were more formative than anything. Part of that was my life stage and just that that you know snapshot in time. But um, I think a lot of it is is yeah, you know, we could go to a thousand Sunday school classes and learn to read the Bible and learn this and that method of mm-hmm. prayer and whatever, whatever, whatever. But I wonder if any of that's as formative as just like being in close contact with someone who is apparently following Jesus and yes. is living it. Walking the way. Yeah. 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 And um not to say there's not authenticity in Sunday school classes and the structures, but when you are up close and personal, right, you you're going to see the flaws. You're going to see yeah. where the, you know, the trip ups happen or you're going to, and that is part of the authenticity because we are all human beings in various stages of becoming like Jesus. The becoming is a progressive uh, verb. It's a progressive tense. We are not arrived. Sorry. I was an English teacher in a former life. <laughs> um, it, it has that sense of it's ongoing. It, yeah. We haven't achieved it. Um, and none of us have until we reach the other side, right? And we've yeah. we've uh, won the race, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. That's the grace side of the formula. Let me offer the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Let me offer the other side of the formula. Well, it's a good thing there's grace because I um, – one thing I've been challenged by as I act as a mentor mm-hmm. is I don't think you can really – you can't really effectively mentor someone if you're not – if you're, like, phoning it in spiritually yourself. Sure. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, so I've been challenged in, you know, what am I really bringing to the table? Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm mentoring this person, it's not so much like the answers I'm bringing them mm. or the insights to their problems or things of that nature that are helpful to them as much as, man, like, are, is what I am, is what I'm doing and how I'm living worth paying attention to? Is this something yeah. that's worth them like catching? Right. Um, or am I like, or is the reverse true? Are they being formed in, in such a way like, you know. Um, They're digressing. <laughs> right, yeah. 
when did Paul say, follow me as I follow Twitter? Um, <laughs> oh, cool. Isn't that, that's not Thankfully, what that um, is not what it says. <laughs> right, but that's, I mean, we're, you know, um, we'll, we'll catch that kind of formation for good or for ill. And so for me, it's kind of like there's this um, built-in natural check and balance with mm-hmm. like mentor-mentee relationships mm-hmm. where it's, it's like, well, if you're going to, the most important thing for being that mentor, in addition to just regularity, showing mm-hmm. up, being vulnerable and honest, it also, you know, sincerely following after Jesus yourself. Yeah. Um, if you're not doing that, um, if, if you're not being challenged and in, in, in following after, then then hopefully that person you're mentoring doesn't follow after you. Yeah, yeah. And that is precisely where the implosion or explosion ends up occurring, right? Whether on a large stage or a small stage. Um, And so for me, that's where the, I mean, you said it, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, right? I assume Paul maybe had some human mentors as well that maybe not mentioned in scripture. I don't know, but... I would venture to guess maybe he did. Um, like we we have people that we are also following who are following Christ, and it's not we're putting ourselves up on some pedestal as this person who knows all the things and you know walks walks perfectly down the yeah. down the path, but that we are being um, honed and challenged and held accountable for our own cultivation of life with Jesus. Yeah, Paul needed someone to pull him aside and say, "You should not." tell the Galatians to castrate themselves. <laughs> oh, too late. You already did? Never mind. Yikes. We'll get them next time. Uh, That's another podcast, Ryan. <laughs> sorry. I was like, trans- I was working through that passage for a um, middle school youth retreat. That oh, yikes. Wow. I know. Well, we're going to go Where there. do you take that with uh, 11 and 12 and 13-year-old boys? It's an example of how <laughs> Paul was still a work in progress. And then I'm just going to kick it out to their small group, their youth group leaders That's to explain right. what you, that means. You guys can take it from here. <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, so he he also needed that and had that and sometimes probably bucked up under that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's... Um, and I've not had intentional mentoring in, in a bit. Mm. So that's something where... I w- was mentoring this person, but then I also would find myself kind of floundering in seasons. And I've yeah. been in a bit of a floundering phase um, for different reasons. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so something that I've missed in that equation is someone that's making sure I was, you know, yeah, was okay as well. So, right. Um, right. But that's the, you know, um, that's the beauty of the that paradigm of like, um, successive generations of disciples and people that are mentoring other people who are mentoring other people is, yeah, um, there's a built-in accountability to it. There's a built-in, like, okay, I need to... Mm. <laughs> um, should it naturally spur us all on to follow Jesus yeah. more closely yeah. without someone banging a pulpit and, and telling you to. Right, yeah, yeah. Or having all the shoulds running through your head, but you're actually not you know, following through on anything either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, uh, like for, for Debbie and me, um, I, I told her, we just met actually this morning, right before this podcast oh, nice. was our meeting. And, uh, as, as she was sharing some things, I, I was thinking in my head and I ended up saying it out loud after she was, um, finished sharing, but I just see so much of myself in her. Right. Um, 
and I told her I still am a work in progress. So please hear this as, you know, from that context, but, um, you know, she's like, I, you know, sharing and then like, does that make sense? (laughs) It makes more sense than, you know, right. Um, and I think we have a particular, uh, dynamic in our, our spiritual friendship that is, um, you know, we have, we share some pretty intense similarities in certain things, but it's really cool though, too, for me, not just to be like, Hey, like I was there once too, and I still am there sometimes. Um, here's how I've navigated that in the past, but also for me to be like kind to myself, like, um, I actually, I have made some progress, right. And some of the, the disciplines or the, the, um, you know, ways of opening my heart up to Jesus that I've been trying to intentionally pursue. And I, I have a different perspective on things than when I, you know, was first starting, first starting out. And so, um, yeah, I feel like I've received some level of grace and, um, kindness from God, even in, the sharing of relationship and seeing where I've come, right. And, um, where I'm still headed, but that I, I have made progress. <laughs> uh, I think that's important for us sometimes, you know, the forest through the trees idea, right. We're so close to our lives and so right. heads down focused that, um, if we don't look up and kind of see what's happening around us or listen for where we are in somebody else's story and vice mm-hmm. versa, right. We're, we share a common human experience. We think what we're experiencing is unique to us, but it's not. Mm. <laughs> That's where community is so vitally important, right? In isolation, on our own, we can um, we can be shamed and think that this is all, you know, I'm the only one who struggles with this. I'm the only yeah. one, right? Um, I think that's where the enemy has a heyday. When we're in relationship with other people, we see ourselves in one another, and there is some level of freedom and the commonality and the communal uh, human experience. Yeah, and maybe some of the grace that we are so quick to extend to others. Yeah, we'll we'll remember to give to ourselves. As right. Well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, the the life on life, and there's there's no. I hope I don't want to come across as like instructional and I've got everything figured out. I'm just, you know, sharing what's the, you know, one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. Right. And, and what has worked and may not work for you, but here's how I've experienced it. Or a blind man leading another blind man. To Yeah. Yeah. Another or woman. (laughs) Blind woman. (laughs) This has been (laughs) Carrie Hoax, foolproof method to... Becoming exactly That's like right. Jesus. That's right. For thirty nine ninety five, you too can mm-hmm. <laughs> make checks payable to Ryan Cagno. Marco Polo. Oh, Marco Polo. That's right. Um, <laughs> Carrie Hook, thank you for the time. Yeah, thank you, Ryan, for the opportunity to share. Insightful. Have you back next week. Next week. Oh well, wow. I don't, okay, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Judging by that response, other it's people a no. might want to hear other people. So it's a no. Yeah, okay. save me. Save me for another time soft, and space. Uh, soft no. Okay. <laughs> Um, oh no I've given you hard. you know I can give you a hard no yeah that tends to be our default I was shocked you showed up <laughs> I think the, the times I've said yes to you recently have kind of knocked you off your guard like, what is what's happening it's the end times alright <laughs> <laughs> okay bye <laughs>